and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Little, uh, throwing a little curveball at you guys, but I just feel like the Lord wants us to speak and we're going to go back into that song for altars today because I want us to begin to speak life. And so today I want to talk with you about this concept, this idea of don't worry. God has given us peace. Let me just tell you before I dive into the message, God is doing something at Destiny Church in a real way. God is doing something in our house in a real way. The last several weeks, we have seen people healed in our services. Last week, when we stood up, and declared that the kingdom is now, and we begin to pray for healings now in the room, people were healed in that moment. We have written testimony of people being healed. And the Lord has been telling me that Chad is going to come in slowly at first, and people are going to begin to be healed, and there's going to be just this excitement that's going to begin to increase through the room. But he said, Chad, it's going to come in like a flood, and there are going to be healings, and there are going to be salvations beyond what you guys have known or what you've ever experienced. And I'm just telling you it's coming, and we need to get our hearts right and our hearts ready for what God is getting ready to do in Destiny Church. It's going to blow all of us away. I'm just telling you, you can, you can mark that down. You can call me a false prophet. You can call me whatever you want to. But I'm just telling you, God is getting ready to do something in Destiny Church like never before. And it's going to blow all of our wildest dreams away. And you're not going to want to be on the sidelines of it. I'm just saying that. I believe it's going to be that special. All right? If you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 14. We've got two weeks left in our Life of Christ series, and this week's teaching um, that came to us from Mark Turnage on Wednesday was don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm going to tag off of that today and uh, spend some time, but I really really want to encourage you. We're going to talk about worry and anxiety today, but I really want to talk with you about peace peace. I want you to walk out of this room with peace. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this. I want you to hear this. I leave. This is Jesus talking to us. All right. This is Jesus. Okay. We just talked about this song champion and what he's saying there, but listen to me. I leave the gift of what? Come on, say that word. Say it loud. Come on, say it again. I believe God wants you to have peace today. All right. He's left it with us. I leave the gift of peace with you. And he says, my peace. But here's what I love this line. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. Some of you, you get peace when your job promotes you. Some of you, you get peace when you have a good day or you pass a test or you lose some weight. (laughs) And we get peace and we feel good in those moments, but that peace is fleeting And we allow what's around us to dictate our peace. Can I tell you, peace doesn't come from your circumstances. Peace is a gift that comes from God. And God has given you peace. It's a perfect gift of peace. I want you to hold on to that. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your heart. Instead, be discouraged. Today, I encourage you, write John chapter 14, verse 27 down. Write it down, underline it, mark it in your Bible, print it, memorize it. This needs to be a verse that you memorize. 
This needs to be a promise from God that you have in your heart, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that when anxiety comes, when worry comes, when trouble comes, when hard times come your way and they try to rock your boat. And listen to me, we will have trouble. We will have hard times. But in the midst of hard times, I don't have to lose peace. Peace is a gift from God. So the next time the enemy comes at you and throws stuff at you that is bigger than you, say, no, I have peace. It's a gift from God. It's perfect peace. I believe this verse needs to be a reminder for every believer. All right? Every Tuesday, um, our staff, we come together for prayer. Um, And we gather in my office. We used to gather in the worship center and we would pray and We'd all kind of sit on our own, but I felt like the Lord really started speaking to me that our team needs to pray together. And so we pray every Tuesday in my office and we just allow the Lord to whisper. And it's amazing the things God has been talking to us on Tuesdays about. And this past Tuesday, we really started talking about anxiety and worry and fear. And we prayed for that. For an hour and a half, we prayed in my office. And we prayed for you guys. We prayed and we believe that God wants to heal you. And I want you to hear me today. I believe beyond the shadow of any doubt, more than half of you in this room, more than half watching online are dealing with anxiety and worry and doubt, and you've lost your peace. And I believe today, and we're going to pray this at the end, and I'm going to, I, I'm going to pray over all of you. And we're going to believe that God's going to bring peace in this room. But I want you to hear me. I believe that God wants to heal you and give you peace and hope and joy rather than you being full of anxiety and worry. All right? And we're going to pray that. We're going to believe that. Um, I have a friend. His name is Dr. Carl Benzio. Um, Dr. Carl is a psychiatrist. And I've met him. Um, Tasha and I have been going since uh, November, we've been going to a place called Honey Lake in Florida, and we are, um, as a couple and as a church, becoming a part of this organization that's for Honey Lake. And many of you know my story and what I've walked through in anxiety and depression and those things. Well, we have become a part of this organization called Honey Lake, where it's a place for pastors and leaders. And they've asked Tasha and I to come in, and once it fully gets off the ground, we might be going in once a week, and we're going to help pastors and leaders that are dealing with with anxiety and depression and things. And so Dr. Carl is the leading doctor there. He is a psychiatrist. I'm just telling you, he's one of the most brilliant men I've ever met dealing with mental issues, mental health that I've ever seen. And so this week, as I was working on this message, I thought, man, I have an expert in this field of dealing with anxiety and worry. Let's call him. And so I reached out to Dr. Carl, and we're actually working on bringing him into our church this fall and doing a a series with us as a church that you will not want to miss. But I called him and I said, hey, talk to me about anxiety. And uh, after I spoke with him, I gained more clarity for this message, but I even gained more clarity for myself because many of you know, anxiety is something I've dealt with. It's something I've struggled with. It's something that I've personally walk through and being even more honest, there were many mornings over the last several years that I would wake up anxious. I would wake up overwhelmed. Um, What's the next bad thing that's going to happen? And and I would play out those scenarios 
in my mind, and I found myself living a lot of days anxious and worried. I was trusting in the lies or the negative things that my brain, listen to me, we blame a lot of stuff on the devil. Sometimes the devil doesn't even have to do anything. You can just work it up in your mind, and it's a lie you made yourself believe. And I was doing that rather than trusting in the promises of God. And so this week I reached out to Dr. Carl. I said, hey, I'm working on this message. Here's what I'm doing. And and so he began to talk to me. And I want to share with you some of the insight he gave me. Some of this was new to me. I'd never heard this, but he said this. He said, Chad, anxiety in and of itself is a normal emotion. I always just, I've always just thought anxiety is just bad, 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 bad. Never, never have anxiety. But he said, it's a normal emotion. I, I'm going to, I want to share with you kind of what he said. He said, in fact, all uncomfortable emotions are God's gift to us. And he said, emotions like anxiety are a great warning system. Hey, something's off. Something needs to be addressed. Something's going wrong in your life. There's an area that needs to be addressed. It's, it's like our body's warning system saying, hey, something's wrong. He says it's a great warning system. He said the anxiety isn't the problem. It's just warning us of the problem. And he, said, and he told me, he said, Chad, oftentimes the problem is, he said, it's like the red light on your dash. We never deal with what's going on behind that red light. We just see the red light. And we never get behind it. The thing that says check engine, we never get behind that and check the engine. I thought it was great thoughts. And he said, Chad, he said, the problem is, is when we begin to allow anxiety to rule us or to control us. Or he said, we allow anxiety to stop us from trusting in or believing the promises of God. Promises like John chapter 14, verse 27, that says God has given you peace. And he said, anxiety stops us. He said, and he went on to say, anxiety, and this was the most profound thing he said to me. He said, anxiety, Chad, becomes an issue when we allow anxiety to be our decision maker. He said, anxiety is great at giving us warnings. Something's off, something's wrong, something's missing, something needs to be tended to, something needs to be addressed. But he said, anxiety is a terrible decision-making system. Here's what I want to tell you. I believe many of us are making decisions about ourselves, about God, about the situations in our life, and we're using anxiety as our guide. And therefore, anxiety is becoming a problem. We, we make decisions based on the anxiety, not the promises that God has whispered to our heart, not the promises that God has given us in his word. We use anxiety as our guide. I want you to hear me. Anxiety, as Dr. Carl said, might be a normal emotion. It's something we all might face. But I believe when we begin to allow anxiety to lead us into a life of worry or a life of living anxious or a life of being overwhelmed with the what ifs, I believe when we allow anxiety to do that, it becomes an issue that needs to be addressed. And I believe this is where many of us find ourselves today. And I believe this is where many of us in the body of Christ find ourselves and why we can't find victories because we are allowing our emotions, our emotions to guide us rather than God's word to guide us. And we got to use God's word. Anxiety for many of you has gone beyond just a normal emotion and anxiety is now hurting you. Anxiety has twisted many of you in this room into emotional pretzels. It's given you headaches. 
It's given you high blood pressure. It's made you short of breath. It's made you edgy. It's made you angry. It's made you depressed. It's given some of you panic attacks. It's made some of you suicidal. And you name it, anxiety, if we don't deal with it, it will harm you. Anxiety, if we don't get a handle on it and realize what the problem is, it will harm you. And I know this from personal experience. Living with anxiety, living with worry isn't fun. Psalm chapter 37 verse 8 says, don't fret and worry. It only leads to harm. So I know this. I know from personal experience, living with anxiety isn't fun. And chances are today that half of you in this room and probably quite a few people you know deal with emotions like anxiety and worry. And today I want to help you defeat that through the word of God. All right, let's pray. Jesus, I come before you and I ask you in these next few moments, would you, would you whisper into this room? <clears throat> I believe that you want to give us victory today. I pray that we hear this word today and we get it and we grab a hold of it and we trust it by faith. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Edmund J. Bourne says that anxiety disorders in the United States of America are now the number one mental health problem for all women. And second only to alcohol and drug abuse for men. The National Institute of Health says that one out of every three children now struggles with anxiety disorders. And these numbers have been steadily rising, up 20% between 2007 and 2012. We don't even know updated numbers from 2020 and 2021 concerning anxiety. Studies show that citizens in the United States experience more anxiety than all other nations. A 2011 study shows that the United States is now the most anxious nation in the world. Isn't that an incredible badge of honor? The United States that has more than just about any nation in the world is the most anxious nation in the world. And we wonder why. Why are we anxious? Why are we worried? Why, why are you consumed with fear and doubt? I mean, it's like a literal question for me. Why do we find ourselves so worried? I believe one of the biggest things, one of the biggest reasons we have so much anxiety in the United States, and you would hope that the church is different. I think the church is just as anxious, maybe more anxious. And I believe it's because we ponder the what ifs of life. And that's what anxiety does to us. If Listen to me. If you don't keep your eyes on Jesus and his promises, anxiety causes you to relentlessly ponder the what ifs of life. Let me say this again. If you don't keep your eyes on Jesus and his promises, anxiety causes you to relentlessly ponder the what ifs of life. What if? What if I get COVID? What if I get it again? Lord help us, right? What if I don't get that bonus? What if I get a divorce? What if I get cancer? What if I don't get a clean bill of health? 
What if I lose my job? What if my son or daughter doesn't come back to you? What if my family gets in a horrible accident? What if I never find happiness? What if I never find hope? What if, what if, what if, what if I never make the team? What if I never get the job I really want to get? What if this doesn't work out? What if, and we play these scenarios out in our mind. What if, what if, what if, and what if robs us of health? And Rob, what if it robs us of peace? What if? I believe the greatest nation in the world is America, and I believe the reason we struggle with anxiety so much is because we relentlessly ponder the what ifs of life. And again, I say all of this to you because I'm speaking as an expert on this subject. I've been there, I've done it, I have a whole wardrobe worth of t shirts on anxiety. I've done it. I've been there. I understand this. Anxiety, what it does is it oftentimes, here's what it at least does for me, anxiety oftentimes creates the worst case scenario in my mind, and then I let my mind run wild with that worst case scenario. And I'll sit there and I'll lose a week of my life playing out a scenario that the devil had nothing to do and the Lord had nothing to do, but Chad Blancett created it by playing the what if game and I'll lay there and I find myself paralyzed and panicking and edgy and mad at my family and snapping at my family and not eating and just woe is me, the end is near. Why? Because I started out playing a what if game. And it harms us. And it harms our family. And it harms our kids. And it harms our relationships. What if? What if? So question for me is, why do we play this what if game? Why are we so tight? Why are we so edgy? Why are we so anxious? I think there are multiple reasons we could dig into many of those. I want to give you just two of them today. I, I believe change is one of the biggest reasons we play the what if game. Researchers say that the environment and social order have changed more in the last 30 years than they have in the past 300. We've experienced more change in the last 30 years than we have in the past 300. Think of all this change in the past 30 years. Look at the political environment. Look at 30 years ago. You don't even have to go back 30 years ago. Just go back to the difference between when George Bush was president to President Trump. Just, just, just look in that right there. President Bush, Obama, Trump, just, just look at the political, and this is not a political statement at all. Please hear me. I'm just wanting you to see the difference. Just go back to 2002, the difference where we are in 2021. Racism, we're seeing that at all-time highs. Hatred and vitriol toward people of differing opinions is is the worst it's ever been. You have a different opinion of me, you're the one that's wrong. And I hate you and you need to change and have my opinion. It's changed. The news, it's more accessible than ever before. I remember when I was a kid, my grandparents would would stay up late at night because the only time you could get the news was 10 o'clock. And it was local. If an earthquake happened in Indonesia, you weren't hearing about it for three or four days later. But now it's constant. You're hearing news all the time. I mean, there's a new headline every minute and it's changing. Now listen to me, the news isn't, they don't promote good news. They promote bad news. You know, hey, this kid, you know, got an A on his test today. They're not promoting that. They're promoting this guy shot this wife. 
That's what they promote. Bad news. I've literally had to give up watching the news. Because it makes me, it does, it makes me anxious. It makes me overwhelmed. And I sit, and I'm just telling you what I do. When I, I, I get, if I start watching the news too much or listening to, I used to listen to Fox News all the time on the radio. I had to give it up. Number one, it made me want to argue with everybody. And Tasha was so thankful when I gave it up. You know, she's like, you got to stop listening to this stuff. But anyway, I gave up that. But I had to stop watching and listening to it because here's what happens. When I sit there and listen to all of that, I start buying into that negative news. And I stop thinking about the promises of God and it makes me anxious and it makes me worried. And so the news is a major contributor. All this change. Let's just, let's just, I mean, 10 years ago, I was preaching on paper. Now I'm preaching on something called an iPad. It's gotten much bigger as you get older, you know, because you have to, the words have to be a little bigger or something, I guess, but but I, mean, I was thinking about technology has changed at breakneck speeds. You guys have, some of you are taking notes. I see Rochelle's on the front row here taking notes with her phone. Hold your phone up. Listen, it's not attached to a cord, right? 30 years ago, they were attached to a cord. I remember the first cell phone you got, it was in a bag. And it cost like $9 a minute. And I'd say, let me call my friends. No, you can't call your friends. Technology has changed. Email. Used to, you had to hand write somebody a note. You know, and if you liked a girl in school, or if you liked a guy in school, or you got mad at somebody, you went and you put a, a letter under their, you know, uh, windshield wipers. Now you can just, that's one of the worst things. I think you can just send your emotions immediately without thinking. A lot of you send stuff without thinking a lot. It's all over Facebook. <laughs> Texting. Gaming stations, I think they now have just released PS37. Oh, no, PS5, all right. Corrected by the seven-year-old, right? I believe change has contributed. Hey, at least he's listening, right? I believe change has contributed to our anxieties and our worries as much as anything in this world. See, change causes us to feel like we're going to be left out. Or it makes us feel like we're incapable of keeping up. So it leads to the second thing that I believe is a major contributor of anxiety, and that's the speed of which we live life. Go back just 100 years. Go back 50 years, but let's go back 100. Think of how differently they lived 100 years ago. Generations before us moved at a much slower pace than we did. Horse and buggy, train. Speed limits were much slower. It was a different pace of life. Today, we jet through life at mock speeds. We never slow down. And when someone slows us down, we get angry at them and we honk at them. And we give them this thing called the bird. And then we tell them, hey, come to my church. I love Jesus. <laughs> I have to confess. I, was in, I didn't flip anybody off. No, we're not confessing that. But... I was in Springfield yesterday with Maddox and, and I kept getting behind slow people and, and uh, I found myself getting a little bit edgy. And I said, these people make me want to honk my horn. But my Jeep's horn sounds really wimpy. And so Maddox is like, don't honk your horn. It's not good. But we don't rest. We don't slow down near enough. 
We pack, here, here's something I want you to hear me, guys. I want you to hear this next statement I'm going to make. We pack our schedules with so much activity every single day that we train our children. Listen to me. Mom and dads, you're doing this. Okay? We pack our schedules with so much activity every single day that we train our children from a very early age that living at mock speeds is not only normal, but it's what's required if you're going to be successful. Let me say it again. Mom and dad. We pack so much in our schedule, so much activity, so much stuff that we train our children from an early age that living at mock speeds is not only normal, but it's what's required if we are going to be successful. We go, go, go. John Hopkins, researchers call today's lifestyle, listen to what they call today's lifestyle, the cult of busy. The cult of busy. It's pervasive and it's damaging our lives. And as a result of our pace of life, we find ourselves stressed out, frazzled, and anxious. And we've done it to ourselves. Or at a bare minimum, we've allowed it to happen to ourselves. And as I said earlier, one would think that Christians would be exempt from worry, but we aren't. We are just as much without peace and just as much without hope as anyone out there. But Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow. What do you drink? What do you wear? Where are you going to sleep? He says, don't worry about it. Another translation of Matthew chapter 6 says, don't be anxious about your life. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. See, I think there's a difference between anxiety and being anxious. Anxiety is a warning. Anxious is living. Do you think Paul really meant this whole idea of be anxious for nothing? I think, he, I think he did, but I think he meant it in a little different perspective than maybe we think of. See, Paul wrote that in a, in a present active tense, meaning he's talking about an ongoing state of being anxious. Paul is addressing this continuous anxiety. It's this lifestyle. What Paul is saying in, in, in Philippians chapter 4 and what Jesus is saying, I believe, in Matthew chapter 6 is this. Here's what I want you to hear today. Don't live in the realm of the what ifs. Don't live in the realm of the worst case scenario. Don't live in that realm. Don't worry about tomorrow or next week or next year. Because listen to me, when we find ourselves worrying about next week, next year, later today, we find ourselves there. When we find ourselves worrying about things we can't control, hear me. When we find ourselves worrying about things we can't control, it robs us of our health. It robs us of our joy. It robs us of our peace. It robs us of our happiness. Yet this is where a big majority of us find ourselves living today. And I'm just trying to teach you I, I, I'm hoping you're getting this today. Many of you find yourselves robbed of sleep. Many of you, you can't sleep at night. Many of you, you struggle to eat. Many of you, you struggle to take, take deep breaths. You struggle to trust. You struggle to believe. I'm just talking to you from the Lord right now. And you're his son and you're his daughter and he doesn't like seeing you toss and turn at night. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like seeing you live without the gift that he gave you, his peace. He doesn't like it. 
It's not for you. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live in despair. You don't have to live short of breath. You don't have to. You don't have to live chronically overwhelmed. You don't have to live anxious. Jesus gave you the gift of peace. I'm not, I'm not, uh, listen to me. I'm not standing up here saying, just grab something in the air and say, you want to feel good. No, I'm giving you a, I'm, I'm telling you to live with the gift that Jesus already said he gave us. Well, I don't have enough money. It has nothing to do with money. Circumstances shouldn't affect your peace. Jesus gives us this word of warning in Matthew chapter 21, verse 34. He says this, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will suddenly close on you like a trap. And that's where many of us find ourselves, weighed down. Listen to me. Here's what I'm saying today, and I believe this is from the Lord. Enough is enough. Last week I was yelling and screaming. This week I just want, I just want to teach you. Because this isn't something we can yell our way through. This is something we have to get a hold of in our hearts. Enough is enough. Stop living anxious. Stop living overwhelmed. Stop living chronically fatigued. We can live with the gift of peace that Jesus left us. We can Now, when I say peace, listen to me, I I said this earlier. When I say that God wants to give you peace and you don't have to live with anxiety and worry, I'm not saying that you will never be anxious again. I'm not saying you'll never find hard, you'll never battle hard times. Jesus told us in John chapter 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. You can live with peace, but living with peace doesn't mean the absence of storms. Living with peace is something that's deep down that we grab a hold of by faith that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that God has us and that I can be in the storm, I can be in the fire, I can be in the flood, I can be in that, but yet God's with me. God's with me. I don't have to live, I don't have to live anxious. Christians battle anxiety, but we don't have to live with it. I see that, I believe that Jesus himself dealt with anxiety. You say, how did Jesus deal with anxiety? In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is praying, Lord, let this cup pass from me. He's sweating great drops of blood. Sounds like somebody that in that moment has got some anxiety. What did Jesus say? But not my will, but your will be done. Listen to me, here's the key. Jesus dealt with anxiety, but he didn't stay anxious. He said again, Jesus dealt with anxiety, but he didn't stay anxious. Jesus didn't let his anxiety in that moment. Can you imagine if Jesus in that moment when he's there praying in the garden said, hold on, I need a week to process my thoughts. And he just lived with the anxiety for a week. 
No, Jesus didn't stay there. He didn't end up paralyzed in his mind. Jesus didn't fall prey to a panic attack or an emotional distress disorder. Jesus, here's the thing, Jesus didn't let anxiety be his decision maker. No, Jesus, what did he do? He entrusted his fears. He entrusted his what-ifs to his father. He handed them to Jesus. And that's the key. If we are going to stop letting anxiety rule us, it cannot be our decision maker. Anxiety cannot be your decision maker. If we're going to live the life that Jesus has given us, listen to me, we must entrust our fears, our worries, and our what-ifs to the one who overcame those fears and those worries, and his name is Jesus. We need to trust in him. And I believe Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9. I want to close real quick here, as quickly as I can. But I believe this gives us the tools on how to do this. I'm going to give you four quick steps. Let's look at it. Number, uh, don't be pulled. Let's read it. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer. Everybody say that word, say saturated. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. Here's the problem. A lot of you, you just don't believe the word. You believe the what if more than you believe the word. That'll preach. Here's the deal. A lot of you, you believe what anxiety tells you more than what the word tells you. And so therefore, when a pastor tells you to go to the word, you don't believe it because you don't trust in the word. You trust in the thing that you can feel and see and touch. But faith isn't about what we can see and feel and touch. Faith is about believing for something that's unseen and believing that it'll happen and having a confident hope that it'll happen in Jesus. Verse 7, then God's wonderful peace that transforms, transcends human understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that's authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure, holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Nine, putting into practice the example of what you've heard from me and seen in my life. And the God of peace will be with you in all things. I want to see by a raise of hands, how many of you could use some more peace in your life? My hands raised, both feet are raised, all right? I'm jumping up and down. I could use some peace. Let's look back at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, but this time from the message translation. It's four words. Listen to what he says. Don't fret or worry. How many of you spend a lot of your days fretting and worrying? How many of you have lost a lot of hours and gained gray hairs or lost some hairs or had some heart problems because of fretting and worrying? What they're saying, what Paul is saying, what Jesus is saying is don't be continually anxious. Don't let worry be your, your guide. But aren't you glad that he didn't just stop there and say, don't worry. He gives us some steps. I believe he gives us four of them. Number one, go to God in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be saturated in prayer be saturated in prayer. And I believe this isn't just praying of a morning. This is all day long. My prayer life is changing. I don't, I don't, I used to try to come in and pray for an hour. And then I, that was my prayer life. All right. I don't do that anymore. I pray all day long. I pray all day long. Your life, if you, if you want to have peace, you can't pray at 6am and by 6pm you've had 12 hours since you stopped talking to Jesus. 
I'm just telling you, it needs to be saturated throughout the day in prayer. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 121. He kind of, he kind of points to what a lot of us do. He says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? You see, that's what a lot of you do is you look to other places for your strength. You look to other places for your hope, and that's why you find yourself anxious and overwhelmed. Because when you look at your bank account and it doesn't add up, you find yourself anxious. When you look at your son or your daughter who's running from God, you find yourself anxious. When you look at the doctor's report, you find yourself anxious. But Paul said, but the psalmist said, I don't look to the mountains. Look at what he says. He says, no, my strength comes from God. I'm telling you today, if you don't want to live with anxiety, you need to be saturated in prayer, and you need to stop looking at this world and the things that this world offers to you, and then it says it's hope. Jesus says it's a fickle kind of hope. That's what he tells us in John chapter 14, verse 27. The world gives you false peace, but Jesus gives you peace that passes all understanding, but that can only be found in prayer. It can't be found in the world. It can't be found in your toys. It can't be found in your spouse or your kids. Your peace is found in one place, and in one place alone, it's found in Jesus. And we find that peace when we live in constant prayer and communication with God. Let me try to explain it this way. How many of you remember when you were kids? I don't think they have these on the, on the playgrounds anymore because I think they're too dangerous, but merry-go-rounds. You guys remember those? I don't, they don't have those at any of our schools, at least, that I've seen. Merry-go-rounds, what they were is they were a death trap that you spun, right? You remember those? You would sit on those and you would get in the middle. I remember you'd get in the middle and you'd hold on to that bar and your friends are like, all right, you ready for this? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, I'm going to spin you as fast as I can. All right. And you would spin and you would hold on for dear life and they're running you as hard as you can. And then they're like, bring the big kids in. Hey, help me. And they're running and they're, you've got like 47 people pulling you and you're sitting there you're like, oh, I'm going to vomit. Oh, I'm going to, you know. And, and so you get off and you're like, you're staggering and you, you know, you just, if you were normal, you felt those things. You got dizzy, you got sick, you got nauseous, you couldn't walk a straight line. But every once in a while you had this weird kid. <laughs> and they could ride the merry-go-round all day long and never get dizzy. And you're like, what is your key to this? And you find out, I look at one object. And they would say, I would look at that tree that's an immovable object, and I would focus on that. I wasn't focused on everything that was spinning around me. I was focusing on that one tree. And I was thinking about those merry-go-rounds this week, and it made me think of Jesus. You see, the, the, this world will spin you around as fast as it can, and that's what anxiety starts to do to us, and it just spins us around as fast as it can. And the problem is we start looking at everything that's spinning, and we start looking at our world and our life, and it's chaos. But you see, the weird ones, those of us who who just kind of focus on the one immovable object. His name is Jesus. And we can look at him and we don't find ourselves anxious and overwhelmed. Why? Because I'm looking at the one that doesn't move. I'm not looking to my boss. I'm not looking to my family. I'm not looking to my paycheck. I'm not looking to the news. I'm not looking to the craziness of the world. I'm looking at that one thing that's immovable. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to build my foundation on him. And when we focus on Jesus, we can be in the miracle round of life and we can go as fast as we want to, but we don't lose hope and we don't lose peace. Why? Because our hope is fixed on Jesus. Right? The only way that happens is if we're saturated, saturated in prayer. Because I'm going to tell you, man, I can be in prayer one day and that day's great. And the next day I'm too busy and I don't spend as much time in prayer. And that day I find myself anxious and overwhelmed. 
Prayer's the key. Prayer's the key. And just as a little side note, now as an adult, I can't even ride the carousel. Anybody feel that way? You know, you know what I'm saying? The carousel, like the little thing that has the horse on it that goes like two miles an hour, that's a little kitty ride. I get on that and I'm like, I think I'm going to get sick. You know, I can't even do it anymore. Well, anxiety, anxiety triggers two things, prayer or despair. Anxiety triggers two things in us, prayer or despair. And so I'm just asking, what are you choosing? Prayer or despair? It's your choice. Number two, we've got to give God control. I see this in Philippians chapter four. We have to let God take charge. We have to leave the things that concern us with God. We have to let God do what he's willing to do. Again, look at verse six. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present, give it over to God. What's this saying is not only do we pray and not only do we ask for help, but once we've asked for help, we give it over to God. See, I think the problem is, is a lot of us, we're, we're, we're like, here you go, God. Psych. I got it. I think I can handle this. Here you go, God. I got it again. When I, when I think of this, I think of those, I read this story about these monkeys that they would, they would put these jars out and they'd put like a coin inside that jar. And these monkeys could easily reach their hand in and pull it out. But the moment they reach their hand in and grab a hold of that coin and make a fist, they can't pull it out. All they have to do to get, and they would get trapped, and that's how they would get captured and killed. All they had to do is release their hand and they could pull it out. See, a lot of us, that's what we do. Your freedom is in the releasing of it. But too many of you are holding on to it. You've got to give control over to God. What I've discovered in my life is when I try to control it, I get anxious and overwhelmed. When I play the what-if scenarios in my brain, I get anxious and overwhelmed. We both can't do it. So you've got to give God control. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares on him. God doesn't need your counsel. He doesn't need your assistance. He needs you to give him control. And number three, we've got to give him our thoughts. This is just some stuff I'm seeing from Philippians here. Some instructions from the word of God, how to deal with anxiety. We've got to give him our thoughts. Verse eight, keep your thoughts continually fixed on and list all these things we need to keep our minds fixed on. What am I saying today? You've got to give God your thoughts. I want you to meditate on. I want you to dwell on. I want you to ponder. I want you to focus on all that is lovely and pure and holy and good. I want you to think on him. Listen to me. Listen to me today. I'm getting ready to wrap up. Quit focusing on the what ifs. Quit playing every negative scenario out in your mind. That's why you have high blood pressure. That's why you have panic attacks. Quit focusing on that. Don't let anxious, negative thoughts overtake your mind. Change the way you think. Our key scripture for the year, Romans 12, 2, this whole idea of transform comes from here. Don't copy the behaviors and patterns of this world. They have a false kind of peace, a false kind of hope. But let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. Then God will give you peace. I'm challenging you, Desi Church. Thank, change the things you focus on. Do you want peace? Do you want hope? Then change the things you dwell on. Do you want peace? Change the things you think about. 
You want peace? Let's go back to Friday night women's conference. Change the things you talk about. Change your words. Meditate on God. Meditate on good things. God is ready to help you. And then verse 9 tells us, it kind of ties it all up. Here's the bow on top. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. All that you've learned from me, heard from me, saw from me, and realized, do that. What's he saying? Go to God in prayer. Release it to God. Give God your thoughts. He's saying, do all that, and the God of peace will overwhelm you. You've been overwhelmed by anxiety and fear long enough. It's time for peace to overwhelm your home. You've lost sleep long enough. I'm declaring today that some of you are going to get your first complete eight hours of sleep tonight that you have in a long time. Why? Because the peace of God that passes all understanding wants to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But what do we got to do? We got to put it into practice. If you want peace that passes all understanding, you got to put it into practice. Anxiety isn't called to rule the day. Worry isn't called to rule the day. Peace is. Listen to me today. So if peace isn't ruling in your hearts, what is? If peace isn't in charge of your home, what is? Let's again. If peace isn't in charge of your home, what is? Right now, in this room, if you say, Pastor Chad, I deal with anxiety. I play what-if scenarios in my brain. Pastor Chad, I get anxious. I get overwhelmed. I get worried. I have high blood pressure because of my anxiety. I have panic attacks because of my anxiety. I have depression because of my anxiety. I have suicidal thoughts because of my anxiety. I worry. I play it out. Pastor Chad, I can paralyze myself in my brain for a week at a time, playing out negative worst-case scenarios. If you're here today and you say anxiety has been overwhelming you and you can find yourself trapped and paralyzed with worry and fear, I want you right now to stand to your feet. If you say, this is me, anxiety can overwhelm me. Anxiety can control me and I can play out the worst case scenarios. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, I'm breaking that off of you today. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anxiety is a, is a warning sign. It does not have to be something you live with. You do not have to play it out in your brain. You do not have to be suicidal. You do not have to have panic attacks. You do not have to live with worry. You do not have to play out the worst case scenario. Your God tells us that he gives you the gift of peace. He's left it with you. You give him your requests. He gives you peace. It's exchange. Exchange. So right now, I want you that are standing, I want you to lift both hands. And I want you to begin to declare out loud with your words, with your words. We're getting ready to sing that song champion again. I want you to begin to declare right now that God has given you peace and he's given you authority. Listen to me right now. Here's the other thing I want you to do. If you see somebody around you that's standing, we're going to begin to pray for them right now. Actually, those of you that are standing, if you can, I want you to come up front. I believe we're going to take a step today. We're, we're, we're leaving. When you do, leave anxiety behind. I want you to just throw it down. I, I'm not carrying this anymore, God. I'm laying this at your feet. This is yours. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to live with this. This is yours. Come on. Today's your day. Peace, freedom. It's yours. You don't have to walk with this anymore. Today you can live in wholeness, all right? We're going to sing this song, and I want you just to grab a hold of this by faith. Here's the deal. 
Peace comes by faith, not by circumstances. Okay? God wants to give you peace that passes all understanding. And I'm declaring today that some of you are going to be healed and made whole. And I want you to hear me. I want you to listen to me. When you get healed and when you made whole, I don't want you just to live with it by yourself. I want you to text the church. I want you to tell me on Facebook. I want everyone to know why. Because when we tell others that we are healed, it inspires others to be healed. You don't, this is the last day for some of you. Some of you, this is your last day being anxious. Some of you, this is your tell it goodbye. It's been your bedmate for a long time. You've slept with it for too long. Not tonight. You're not sleeping with the enemy anymore. Tonight you're going to have peace. Tonight you're going to have hope. Tonight you're going to be whole. Tonight the heartache is going to go. The pain in your arms that comes from anxiety. The pain in your mind that comes from anxiety. The pain in your back that comes from anxiety. I'm just telling you, and the power and the authority of Jesus, I tell you right now, it is gone. It is gone in Jesus' name. Begin to thank the Lord. You don't need to beg Him. Right now, just begin to say, I'm healed. I'm whole. Peace is mind. If you've got a family member or a friend up here, come pray with them. The rest of us, let's stand and let's begin to shout this out, that we are healed, that we are made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.